2: Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather. Now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to
0: the family.
3: No purchase necessary. BGW Group. were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.
0: It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist-pumper, a woohooer, a hand-clapper, a high-fiver? I kind of like the high-five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At ChumbaCasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses, so don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at ChumbaCasino.com.
3: No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18
0: plus.
4: This is Albert Breer from the MMQB.com, and you're listening to Play Like a Chat.
0: From Joe Namath's Super Bowl guarantee. I got news for you, buddy. We're going to win the game, I guarantee it. To Ryan Fitzpatrick's contract holdout. Ryan Fitzpatrick, he has not shown up at camp. Where are we with Fitz versus the Jets? And everything in between.
3: They froze. It appeared that Marino was going to try and stop the clock instead. He connected for the fourth time with Mark Ingram. And it is juggled and caught by Jumbo.
0: This is Play Like a Jet, your weekly look back at some of the best. The
3: New York Jets
5: are the world champions. They have upset the Baltimore Colts and beat them
2: handily here today.
4: And worse.
2: Vince Wilford is going to throw Brandon Moore back into his quarterback. He's going to fumble the football. Mark Sanchez not expecting it. And it was the backside of Brandon Moore that knocked the ball out.
0: Moments in New York Jets history. So get ready to hop in your DeLorean and take a trip back in time.
1: Are you telling me you built a time machine out of a DeLorean?
0: For an in-depth look at the most memorable games, seasons, players, and events in the history of gangrene. It's time to play like a jet.
2: Play like a jet? What does that
0: mean? With your hosts, Scott Mason and Big John Sparapolis.
6: Welcome to Play Like a Jet, your weekly look back at the biggest moments in New York Jets history. My name is Scott Mason, and today, unfortunately, my normal tag team partner, Big John Sparopoulos, is suffering with the flu. He came in for Christmas, and he got himself sick and he's been laying around sick the entire time that he's been in, so the whole trip has been bad. I'm not sure if i are going to get an opportunity to see him, which is what I thought, and he certainly is unable to do the show this week. So in his place is the guy that's normally behind the scenes for us, helping us book the guests and do the research and all the dirty work that gets done behind the scenes, Mr. Alan Schechter of com. Alan, what's going on, man?
2: Not too much. Good to be here. I, uh, Chad John couldn't be here, but I'm happy to fill it on his big
6: shoes yeah they are huge shoes size 18 i believe <laughs> but it really sucks because you imagine coming home for christmas you haven't seen your family for most of the year you fly in from texas and the next thing you know you're just laying around like a big lug the entire time that you're here right
2: that stinks i would hate that i don't like i don't like being sick in general but imagine coming home for vacation and see everybody like that you're right not a good not a good look not a good that's a lot
6: Yeah. And it's a terrible Christmas. I haven't even had an opportunity to ask him if he got anything good because he's been so sick that he's just been laying in bed the entire time. I hope that he gets better soon, especially since I know he's flying back in a couple of days. And I really don't want him to have to fly back sick because I've flown sick before and it just makes things way, way worse. In fact, actually, Alan, you can hear I'm a little under the weather myself, got a little bit of a head cold, but still nothing debilitating like what John has as far as having the flu. Alan, I know that you are completely healthy, though, and as far as Christmas goes, while you don't celebrate the holiday, you're able to watch some good movies, right?
2: Yeah, my wife and I spent the whole day watching Netflix
6: with each That sounds about right. Reminds me of that story when I was a young kid. Coming up in the radio business, this is going back 15, 20 years ago, and I was stuck working Christmas Eve at WFAN because I was the new kid on the block. And I remember Ian Eagle, the Nets play-by-play announcer, NFL, college, basketball, one of the big announcers now. At the time, he was doing a fill-in shift as an on-air host at WFAN, and I had found a pizza place that was open nearby, so I was in the newsroom eating some pizza, and Ian Eagle came out into the newsroom, and he looked and he said, Nice, where'd you get the pizza? And I told him, he goes, good find, man. I thought I was going to be stuck eating Chinese food tonight. So, <laughs> Alan, I and Eagle sort of in your boat normally, I suppose. But on that particular night, he was glad that I was able to bail him out of his normal Chinese food ritual and find some place that was open to serve him some pizza. That's it. That's bad. Never a bad thing. But, Alan, I got to tell you, man, we got some nice gifts for Christmas I got a really awesome winter coat, I got some nice gloves, but the one gift that I got that was the flashiest, but it may have jinxed the team, is I got a Sam Donald jersey, and Alan, you are a student of Jets history, as I am, unfortunately, the last time I got a Jets jersey as a gift, it was a Neil O'Donnell jersey back in 1996, so I hope I didn't just jinx the team.
2: Oh boy, that could be a bad sign.
6: It definitely could be, but you know it's not a bad sign, the fact that Sam Darnold has just been ripping it up the last three weeks since he came back from injury. Not that this tells the whole story, but he's the number one rated quarterback over the last three weeks. When's the last time the Jets had somebody like that? Probably Chad Pennington in 0-2 before he tore out his shoulder.
2: I would agree. I couldn't even I shout out of it before it happened. It doesn't have a guy ranked that high. I mean, he's been great. We got our guy finally.
6: Yeah, absolutely. And Vinny Testaverde was a terrific quarterback for the Jets in 1998, but he was an older guy, and you knew he wasn't the long-term solution. Chad Pennington was probably the last time we got this excited. Even Sanchez, we got excited at the beginning, but by this point in the season, he had really regressed and started throwing a lot of interceptions. Alan, you remember we covered that on his Rookie Year podcast with Thomas Jones. You can go ahead and listen to that series in the archives right now if you want to compare what the mood was right now with the Jets to what the mood was like back then around Mark Sanchez in 2009. Different situations, obviously, because the Jets ended up making the playoffs that year, but I think the level of optimism around the quarterback is much higher now than it was at this time in 2009 with Mark Sanchez, right?
2: I would say at least it bounce higher. The sky is the limit, I think, with the great Sam
6: Darnold. Let's hope. Fingers crossed, knocking on wood. I would love it if Sam Darnold one day could lead this team to the promised land, which is the place that Joe Namath led them to back in 1969. It was the 68 season, but the 69 Super Bowl. We've worked our way through the 1968 season with John Schmidt, who is the center on that team. And now we have reached the Super Bowl. We actually finished the game last week, but now we're going to talk about the aftermath, everything that went on in the locker room, so on and so forth. I am really excited to talk to John Schmidt about this because, Alan, as you and I have discussed off the air, John Schmidt is an incredible storyteller. The way he tells these stories, you would think that this stuff happened yesterday.
2: Yeah, it's like he has a photographic memory or something. It's amazing. It's like we were there listening to this interview. It's great.
6: Yeah, it's been amazing, and all the stories that he has have been so interesting. Some of them have been outright scary. If you remember the story he told a couple of weeks ago about coming back from San Diego and he thought the plane was going to crash to the point where the flight attendants were crossing themselves, saying some prayers, and crying. So there's been some ups, some downs. It's been a wild ride through the 1968 season and up into the 1969 Super Bowl. I honestly think for as much as I love all the series that we've done, and I kind of feel like that parent who says, I love you all equally. But, Alan, I think this might be the best series we've done on this show.
2: It may be, and it was certainly one we had to do. Or otherwise, why are we doing a show on Great Moments of
6: Jets history? Yeah, absolutely. If you're doing a show On Jets history and you don't do one on the 68 Season, you might as well not Do Play Like a Jet. But we Are doing one on the 1968 Season. We have done it the last nine Weeks and we're going to wrap up the series This week with Part 10. So, Alan, what do you say we go and talk To John Schmidt for Part 10 of our Series on 1968?
2: You know, Scott, I'd love to, but I'm on the way to New York to run an errand for our beloved hero, John.
6: You gotta be kidding me. John does this every week. Now I have you on and you're running away. You're gonna go do an errand for John. What's going on with you as Butler?
2: Well, not quite, but, you know, as, I, as you know, I'm grown up Jewish and I heard you got the flu. And my parents always said that the penicillin, Jewish penicillin, is chicken soup. So I figured I'd go to Katz's deli, get him some chicken soup, and bring it to
6: him so I'll feel better. All right, Alan, listen, I'd love to get on your case for filling in for John and then leaving when the interview comes up. But if you're going to go try and help make the big guy whole again, get this flu out of his system so he can fly home healthy in a couple of days, I can't be upset about it. So you go ahead to Katz's Deli, get that chicken soup, head over to John's, try and nurse him back to health. I'll go talk to John Schmidt, and we'll meet back here. How's that?
2: As As our normal hero would say, Scotty,
3: Your happy price, price line.
6: There were a lot of people that felt that the AFL was more or less the minor league, that you guys weren't good enough. Did you, A, realize at the time that you were going to change history, and B, I know I had seen Len Dawson who is the Chiefs quarterback, talk about this at one point, but I wasn't sure if you guys felt this way. Len Dawson said that he cried watching you guys win because he felt like you guys had changed football history forever and you had finally made people realize that the AFL was just as good as the NFL. Did you feel that way winning this game? Did you realize the significance that it had beyond just obviously winning the championship?
4: Well, I absolutely did. But the, thing, the thing about playing the Super Bowl that year... Was, and we were there the week before the Super Bowl in Miami. Many of guys from the teams in the AFL that we played against came over to our hotel and hugged us and kissed us and said, hey, good luck. Winning for all, you know, winning for all of us. And so we were not just <laughs> playing for the Jets. We were playing for the whole AFL. I mean, guys we hated came up and hugged us and kissed us and wished us luck. So we won that game. And then the following year, uh, Dawson won that game. Kansas City won that game. We proved to the world that the AFL has come of age and that we was we were as good as anybody in pro football and maybe better than many others.
6: You mentioned that Joe Namath went up to Matt Snell and said they gave me this trophy, but it should really be yours. I got to be honest. I personally have always felt that Joe Namath got the MVP more for the guarantee than for his play that day. Not that he played poorly, but I felt like Matt Snell was really the guy that should have won the MVP. Looking back at it now, and I know that you're friends with both of those guys, do you agree with me? Do you think that maybe Snell should have won the MVP?
4: Well, I agree with Joe Namath. He said, There you go. The
6: okay. You
4: know? <laughs> I mean, he'll tell you that. Everybody would. Matt, Matt was great. Matt is the reason we won that game. Joe did a great job. He didn't throw any interceptions. He uh, he controlled the ball. He didn't throw a pass in the fourth quarter. He called a phenomenal game, going with a check with me offense the whole second half. I mean, he was he was he was the general on that field that day, and and he deserved to get that trophy for everything that he did. But if there there should have been two trophies that day, one for the field general and one for the guy that ran the ball.
6: And you guys won a major upset winning when you were 17-point underdogs, and everybody thought that Don Shula and his squad were going to just run you over. You mentioned how they all knew Weeb Eubank's place from when he was with the Colts, but at this point, you had Eubank, and the legendary Don Shula was over there. So I wanted to ask you real quickly about Shula and playing against him because the Jets would have many, many, many bitter battles with Don Shula in the years to come as he would eventually become the head coach of the Dolphins, and we know how that would go later on, the Mud Bowl in 1982 and so on and so forth. But what did you think about playing against Don Shula? It seemed like he was trying to act above the fray, at least in the press conference, not really dumping on you guys, saying that it was going to be a big challenge but did you, as a team, have a lot of respect for Shula as a head coach at this point?
4: Yeah, I, we had a lot of respect. Even though He was he was the youngest coach in pro football at that time. And he did a hell of a job with that. Hey, look at their record when they came into the, that game. I mean, it was they didn't have a touchdown scored against them all year on the ground. I mean, mm-hmm. are you kidding me? I mean, and he was, you know, I got to tell you, I, I, I really respect Don. And I, I know him to this day, and he's really become very you know, he's in a wheelchair now, and I saw him, and I saw him, in, I saw him in, in Puerto Rico last year, at the Ritz-Carlton, and I was there on a on a conference where my company was being honored, and uh, I had to speak there, and I went to lunch, and I looked across the outside restaurant, and I saw a guy in a wheelchair, very heavy, and in a wheelchair, and it looked like Don Shulb, I said, I couldn't be, that can't be Don, you know, so, I didn't go over because I, I I wasn't sure that it was him. he you know, had gotten quite heavy, so I asked the, I asked the waitress. I said, "Is that Mister Schueller?" And he said, "Yes." So the next day I came out, and he was in the same place. He had a valet that helped him in and out of his chair and into the wheelchair and all that stuff. And his wife was there; she's a very nice lady. So I went over to him. And I said, "Coach John Schmidt, how are you now?" He didn't remember who I was, and he said, "What?" Well, uh, Uh, John he says what organization were you you with I said I was with the New York Jets oh we don't like the Jets I said coach it was just one game what's the big deal oh we don't like the Jets (laughs) 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 he he hugged me and he thanked me and and, and we knew each other for a long long time and I really respect him he was a hell of a coach but uh, but that loss he never got over that loss never and all of his wins undefeated season, as great as that was, he never got over that, that loss to the Jets.
6: By the way, worth noting that it was a complete team effort here. Namath threw for 206 yards, 133 of them to George Sauer in eight catches. But like you said, didn't even throw a pass in the fourth quarter. Matt Snell, 30 carries, 121 yards, and the one touchdown in the game for the Jets. And the defense played great, too. They picked off the quarterbacks for the Colts. Four times, including two by Randy Beverly and one by the late Johnny Sample and one by Jim Hudson. So, really, an absolute top to bottom team effort and win for the 1968 New York Jets. This is Sam DeLuca talking to Mr.
5: Phil Island, the owner of the New York Jets. Mr. Island, this must be a gratifying moment for you, and the entire season that the Jets have had must also be a gratifying moment. What are your reactions to the past season? Well, Sam, as you know, I'm one of the owners of the New York Jets. There is Mr. Leon Hess, Mr. Townsend B. Martin, and Mrs. Helen Springborn, who are also equal owners of the New York team. We're all thrilled. We think that this was one of the great performances and one of the great teams uh, to come to New York. Thank you, Mr. Islin. Matt Snow, you had a great day today. I had to get you out of that locker room. There was madness inside here in the Orange Bowl at the Super Bowl where the Jets have just beaten the Baltimore Colts. Your first reaction to that game?
0: Well, Sam, I, all I can say is that I'm simply elated. Uh, as, as you know, uh, we've pointed to this game for years, and uh, and after five years, we finally got here. And to go out today and have the game that I did have, I, I'm just elated, that's all I can say.
5: You know, we all heard a great deal about Joe Namath's statements prior to the game. Did you make any?
0: Well, the only statement that I made, Sam, was that, uh, that I thought we could run on the team. I didn't make it public publicly, but uh, uh, Booz and myself, we were roommates, and we knew that we could run on. We knew that if we got a running game going, that Joe would be able to pick them apart with the passes.
5: Matt, did you think that you would be able to run as effectively against that cold defensive line?
0: Well, Sam, I'm, I'm like you. I've been in the game, and I, I don't believe anyone's super. Uh, I just think that we all play professional football, and uh, I think on any given day, any given team can run on another team, and today was just our day.
5: Jerry Philbin, the Jets have just won the championship of the world. Your initial reaction to the game?
0: Well, Sam, the biggest thing was that, uh, the elation. The, uh, it was it was too great to come by. As far as I'm concerned, it was the biggest victory I've ever been on. I never thought that I'd be on two championships in one year and so close together, but it's not the monetary thing. I think the biggest thing that came to mind was the AFL, the identity, it, it uh, being proud of being playing in the American Football League and being part of the New York Jets.
5: Jerry, was it you who made the statement there are four or five teams in the American Football League that are as good as the Baltimore Colts?
4: Well, I, <laughs> I've been saying it. I, I, think there are four or five that are just as good as the Baltimore Colts. I, I, I think that we played some tougher games, and the
0: tougher games being that uh, the two teams, that three teams, that beat us this year—Denver, Buffalo, and uh, Oakland. Thank,
5: Thank you, Jerry Filbin. Coach, this must be a great moment in your life, beating the Baltimore Colts for the championship of the world. It's been a long time coming, hasn't it?
1: Sam, this is one of the greatest moments of my life. Uh, Here's a football team It was mine 10 years ago, and I thought they were the greatest when we beat a great football team in New York in an overtime game, the New York Giants, which had a great football team. But a lot of those players are still on this team, and they're assailing this football team as one of the greatest uh, of all time and for our football team to maintain their poise and go out and execute plays like they did today it's a great revelation for me and it is the happiest moments of my life in order to be able to do this
5: coach i played for you i know how you think and i know that you're not inclined to make any rash statements but joe namath did make statements before the game i'm sure that you felt the same way even though you didn't come out and say it you knew the jets would win
1: we felt that way as a matter of fact i remember pete Lamon's uh, the second day when we're looking at uh movies. He said, Coach, you better stop showing us this movies before we get overconfident. But really, uh we all felt in our hearts we could win this ball game and it was all right for us that uh, for the press to tell the world that uh, the Baltimore Colts were the greatest. But in all of our hearts we all went onto that field feeling we're gonna win the ball game. As a matter of fact, I told Milt Woodard, our president before the ball game, I said, Calm down, we're gonna win this
5: well, thank you very much, Coach Eubank. This is a great day for the New York Jets, a great day for the American Football League, and a great day for professional football. Ladies and gentlemen, it's my honor to open today's welcoming ceremonies for our conquering team, and it is a privilege on behalf of the greatest city in the world to pay tribute to the greatest football team in the world, the New York Jets. It is now my honor to present the medallion of the city of New York to Weed Eubank, head coach of the New York Jets, January 22. Mr. Robert Anderson, the sports editor of the Daily News. On behalf of the New York Daily News, it gives me great pleasure to present this special citation to our outstanding world champ jets in recognition of their super year.
0: It was a fantastic year, the year of the Jet, the year the AFL first won the Super Bowl, the year the Jets wrote their own script and surprised the
3: experts. A fantastic year, the year of the Jet, the Super (laughs) Jets. Chumba. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary we're prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
6: John, I'm so glad that you were able to take some time and talk to me about the season 50 years ago when the New York Jets did what nobody thought they could and won the Super Bowl championship. But... Before we go, I've got to ask you one last question. There is an incredible story about what happened the day after when your wife was trying on shoes that I have to get you to tell. <laughs> I say it was
2: a dress. It wasn't shoes.
4: It okay. was a dress, all right? <laughs> And we, we went down to demon Marcus, and we, we, we had a party that night, and, she, and we, I wanted to get her a new dress. She wanted a new dress, so we went down. And... Uh, she was trying on different dresses. Yeah. Very nice looking girl waiting on her. And, you know, so she would be in trying on a dress and the girl was trying to, I'm just sitting outside very quietly. I'm all banged up and cut up and I'm still suffering from pneumonia. And, uh, she comes up to me finally, and she says, you know, she offered me a bottle of water. And then she said, you know, were were you here for the game? And I said, yeah. And, you know, she went into Joanna to board another dress and she came back out. She says, uh, uh, did you play in the game? I said, yeah. And she went back in. And she brought Joanne on another dress. She came back out. And she said, were you on the winning team? I said, yeah. And she jumped on me and hugged me and kissed me. And just at that time, <laughs> Joanne came out of the dressing room. And this girl on me, wrapped around me, kissing me and hugging me. Because her husband, they had $500 to their name. They had only gotten married like six months prior. And he betted even Ten to one odds. Wow! And they made five thousand dollars. And she was just as when Joanne comes out of the dressing room, she goes, "Excuse me, am I interrupting something?" (laughs) 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 Mrs. (laughs) Mrs. Smith, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. You know, she (laughs) she thought she's going to lose the sale, (laughs) and then she told the story, and we all laughed about it. But that that was, yeah, that was that was that's a true story. That's a true story, my friend.
6: I'm sure that your wife, after hearing why she did it, was like, "Well, I can't blame her." <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
4: absolutely, absolutely.
6: The story of that season ended in a Super Bowl ring for you and the rest of the team, which you now have your Super Bowl ring back, right? Because didn't you lose it a while back when you were swimming? Yeah, I lost it. Well, I
4: was, I was, I was surfing out in, in Hawaii in 1971 with Don Ho and a bunch of his buddies on Waikiki and uh and i was having a hard time surfing and he made fun of me like called me Johnny wipeout <laughs> and I finally uh i finally got the knack of it and we were surfing for 3 or 4 hours and i went to, we finished up and going back to to the beach and i'm dragging the board back to the shack where i rented it from and all of a sudden i looked down there was no no ring on my hand and i i wanted to die i just wanted to die i mean i i virtually cried <laughs> i was Sick, you know And I went in And I got I got I got a snorkel And slippers And I went out And I dove Until I nearly drowned I couldn't even move My arms anymore And I came back in It was insured But it took like Nine months Going to all the hell With the NFL And to find the company That made it Because it had been sold And and I finally found it But it took nine months To get it And when you You wear a ring every day And all of a sudden You don't have it It's like going out naked And uh And that was it You know And then 30, 40 years later, on a Thursday afternoon around 4 o'clock, I get a phone call from Bob Parente, the vice president of the New York Jets. He says, "Schmidty, are you sitting down? I said, yeah, I'm sitting down. No, he said, are you really sitting down? I said, yeah, what's the big deal, Bobby? <laughs> well, he said, the big deal is we just got a phone call from a lady in Holland. Lulu, and she says that she has this Super Bowl ring that you lost 40 years ago. Wow. And I, no way. I use some vernacular that I can't say now. (laughs) And uh, he says, well, here's the number. So I called the number that night because there's a six-hour difference over there. And and, uh, I I get them. And what happened, uh, they tell me her her uncle was a lifeguard on Waikiki. And in 1973, two years after I lost it, he was snorkeling in about 25 feet of water. He saw something glitter. He went down. He dug dug my ring out of the sand. This is the and there's no explanation for this. I he brings it home, he puts it in a box, which I have, he sticks it in the shoe for thirty eight years and dies. Niece goes over to clean out his apartment, she throws the shoes out of the closet onto the floor and the box falls out, thankfully. And they open it up. But they're fourth generation Hawaiians, they don't know. It's they see a ring. Now, her aunt, this lady's aunt, owned a jewelry store in Honolulu, so they went there, and the aunt looked at the ring, and she, she checked the diamonds. Said, Those are real diamonds, but she didn't know what it was either. So they brought it to a friend of theirs. This took weeks, and they brought it to a friend of theirs at ESPN in Honolulu, and he said, oh, that's that's a Super Bowl ring. That's John Schmidt. He played with Joe Namath in Super Bowl III. They said, well, it's so long ago, he's probably dead. Well, maybe not. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, oh,
2: so they they
4: give them I swear to God. So they give so they give them the phone number. Uh, he gives them the phone number to the NFL. The NFL gives them the phone number to the Jets. They call the Jets. The Jets call me. I call them. I call that night, and uh, I get them on the phone, and we're talking, and uh, and and, and I, I just want to know what they want, to, you know, for the ring, and. I'm talking, I'm talking, I'm talking, like a half an hour, I'm talking, they're not saying it, So like, probably, said, well, what do you want for the ring, and I said, no, we don't want anything, we just want to give it to you, I said, oh, no, 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 I said, I'm going to send you $3,000, and you have a big party on me, they're very religious, they said, no, we can't do that, now I'm getting frustrated, okay, because <laughs> I, said, I they said, well, will you do a radio show, uh, over the phone with a friend at ESPN, and give my aunt some publicity at the, at the jewelry store, I said, absolutely, so I did it. We talked for about a half an hour. We did a half an hour show. The next morning, Bob Skaggs from CBS TV calls me. schmidt we got word from Honolulu. What a great story. Can we send out a girl to do a show for 6 o'clock and 11 <laughs> o'clock news on CBS Friday night in New York? I said, absolutely. They did. We, did, we did a great show. We had a lot of fun. And that night, I mean, it was phenomenal. New York on a Friday night with a show like this. And the next morning... The phone is ringing off the hook at my house, and I get everybody in the world calling me, including me, including uh, Oprah Winfrey's producer for her station, OWN. Wow. So he calls this his John, this is a great story, he says, we have a show called Boston Found. He said, this is perfect for our show, and if you give us exclusive rights to the television story, he said, we'll bring the people in, they can give you the, the ring in person. I said, you got a deal. So the following week, they flew the parents and the two children in from Honolulu, put them up in a hotel in Westbury, close to where I lived, gave them a brand new van to use, a phone that they could call the world on, and we taped for eight hours at my house in my country club. We went out to dinner that night. The next day, the Jets had us as guests. I had a big limousine take us over, and I had two of my closest friends come with us, and we had eight of us went over to the game. We had fifty we had fifty yard line seats, fifteen rows back from the field, you know, the 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 owner's seats, whatever you want to call it, director's seats. All of the kids had a ball, all the free food and drink that they could want, you know. The Jets came from behind and beat San Diego. It was it was perfect. And then the next day, you know, they were going back to Hawaii and, and the and the husband was a big tall guy with a deep voice, he goes, You know, John in Hawaii, we're now family. And families speak every week so I expect to talk to you every week. So I said, you got a deal. So every Thursday night, to this day, we talk, okay? We've been to Hawaii. We spent two weeks with them. in My son, my youngest son, went over with his family and spent a week with them. My wife's niece went over with her family and spent a week with them. And uh, and we're going back over in September for a big family party over there. And uh, well, we talk every Thursday night, and... Uh, it's been it's been a it's just I mean it's a miracle, my friend. To, I mean that 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 I number one I lost it. I was a quarter of a mile at least a quarter mile out offshore. That somebody found it. That they 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 put it in the box for forty years and died. And that the family got <laughs> it. All the stuff I told you. It's a miracle. Now it's a miracle that we won the Super Bowl, and it's a miracle that I lost my ring and got it back. So I I I I'm an owner of two miracles.
6: An incredible ending to an incredible story. One of the unsung heroes of the 1968 Super Bowl champion Jets, a fellow Hofstra grad, and apparently now a guy that I can go to for a hookup to get a trip to Hawaii at some point. Anytime you want. John Schmidt, thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. And I got to tell you, it's been such a thrill reliving the Jets championship season with you. I really hope that there's some time within the next couple of years that we can say that it's not the only time that the Jets have won a Super Bowl because I would really like to see one in my lifetime as well.
4: From your mouth to God's ears.
6: <laughs> That's right. Thank you so much, John.
3: It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash.
0: Thank you,
4: my friend.
6: There's part 10, the final part of our discussion on the 1968 season, and the second part, I guess, of our discussion involving the actual Super Bowl game from 1969, which the Jets won in incredible fashion with the guarantee with Joe Namath and major underdogs, and then with Joe Namath not even throwing a pass in the fourth quarter, just an incredible journey through this season that John Schmidt, the center from that team, took us through. And, Alan, two amazing stories to finish off this series. The first one about being in the department store the day after the game and what happened with the clerk there. And then the second story about John Schmidt losing his Super Bowl ring and how he got it back. This guy is an amazing storyteller. What a resource, if you're somebody who cares at all about the history of this Jets team.
2: That's exactly right. I mean, he tells it He tells it like he's your best friend, and he tells it like it just happened. He can't be better.
6: Could you imagine, Alan, you're in that department store. You can barely function because you just finished the Super Bowl game the day before. You had pneumonia getting smashed around by 300-pound guys. And this clerk at the store just jumps on you and starts kissing you and Basically, mugging you out of nowhere. And then John Schmidt's wife, who was a good sport about the whole thing, but what a crazy incident, right?
2: Yeah, uh, yeah. I couldn't imagine being jumped. In, but now that would be. It would probably be all over TMZ and YouTube if it happened today.
6: Uh, no question. And that story. That should have been all over the place. I think it, it was reported in a couple of places, but it should have been a major story. I guess if it was Namath, it would have been, about how he lost his Super Bowl ring, and then all these years later it was discovered by a family in Hawaii who he now talks to on a weekly basis. What a crazy, crazy story that he told with that as well.
2: And what, a, yep, what a crazy story. What a, what a cool way that people can be connected like that forever now. Just to have, happenstance, find that kind of gem. While they're in Hawaii And then how they're
6: connected to life Yeah absolutely Kind of like how now you and John and I Are connected for life through this show Which is why you went to Katz's Deli To get John some soup To try nurse the big guy back to health He's suffering from the flu It kind of ruined his Christmas I hope it doesn't ruin his New Year's But he's flying back to the DFW area soon So you wanted to get him chicken soup To help him feel better How'd it go? Well
2: Scott it didn't go the way it planned, and I know this is radio, so I got to tell you, but I had to change. I'm in a different shirt than when I started this thing. Why? Well, I got to Captain Deli, and believe it or not, they were out of chicken soup, and I was shocked. So I called my wife and said, what do I do? They don't have the the ch- soup, but the chicken soup is gone. She says, get him the stuffed cabbage. You know the stuffed cabbage I love? like meat sauce inside a side of cabbage leaf. It's great. I will love it. So I said, okay. So I picked him up in order stuffed stuffed cabbage, and I headed on up to his house. Well, I never got to John. Chris answered the door, his brother, and I said, you know, I brought this bricked field butter. It's Jewish comfort food. He he kind of slapped it back in my face, and it got all over my shirt and said, John would never eat, eat cabbage. Are you kidding? No soup? No, John. Now, get out. I said, well, can I at least get up one of his jet shirts? One of his jet shirts? He said, get out. So I left with my tail between my legs. I wanted to help John, but it didn't work.
6: Wow, I guess Chris realized that if it wasn't going to be soup, John only eats protein because, you know, he does eat like 8,000 grams of protein per day. So I guess the cabbage wasn't going to do it for him. That's a little rude, though. I'm going to have to have a word with Chris the next time I talk to him, Alan. I'm sorry that happened to you.
2: That's all right. I mean, it was a shot the dark. I wasn't sure it was going to work. I mean, I wanted to trust my wife, but I could kind of see it. But still, he should have been at by face.
6: Well, tell Stacy that I said that it was worth a shot and her heart was in the right place, even if the food never made it to John.
2: You got it. I will definitely do that. Got to call that happy wife. Happy
6: life scenario. <laughs> and now you've got the ride back home. So while you're riding home, Alan, let's talk about the podcasts that you're going to be listening to, including this one, brand new episodes every week. Looking forward to the next series that we're going to be kicking off. I'll make an announcement on this soon, but you know what it is, Alan. And it's one of the biggest legends in the history of the Jets franchise. We are going to hear all about his career over the next bunch of weeks. And I am so excited. Talk about a guy that has stories. This guy's got him. Maybe not quite on the level of John Schmidt, but boy, does he have stories, right, Alan?
2: Oh, he does. I can't wait for everybody to hear this one. He's a great interview, full of experience, and knowing the guy the way I do, he's, he's going to be good, folks.
6: Me too. Really excited about that series, and that's going to kick off next, but today we finished the 1968 series, a fantastic one. Also, lots of other stuff to look forward to, including more reports from Daryl Slater, As you know, Todd Bowles is going to be fired once the season is over. So once that happens, we'll have breaking news on everything going on around the coaching search. We'll do a post-game podcast after the Patriots game, right after Todd Bowles is let go by the team, which could happen Sunday night. It could happen Monday morning. Who knows at this point? But when the news breaks, we will have it for you here at Turn on the Jets Digital. Also, the Turn on the Jets podcast with Joe Caparoso. He's got two episodes a week now: the normal Thursday show and a mailbag episode on Saturday. We're going to have film room going on all throughout the off season with Joe Blewett, where he's going to be breaking down free agents and draft prospects. So we'll have Exonal Quick Hits as well. So if you want to watch, say, a two or three hour film breakdown show on Le'Veon Bell, Joe Blewett's got you covered over at Turn on the Jets TV, and you can listen to the Exonal Quick Hits podcast on the Play Like a Jet feed. There's always next year with Brian Bassett. We'll continue into the offseason. That's become one of my favorites with Josh Conrad and Travis Milton, who was the guest host on What's Your Point this past week. And by the way, two episodes of What's Your Point coming up. This week because we're going to do a bonus edition after Bulls gets fired. We'll have a brand new show for New Year's Day with everybody telling us what the Jets New Year's resolution should be and then the day after a special edition of What's Your Point? We're also going to have one right after the game on Sunday as soon as the Jets and Patriots wrap up. So lots going on at Turn On The Jets Digital. I'm really looking forward to bringing it to you. This will be the final edition of this show, Play Like A Jet, for 2018 like I said, we are going to kick off 2019 in style with one of the biggest legends in New York Jets history. Can't wait for that. And I'm really looking forward also to the terrific coverage that you're going to bring us, Alan, in 2019 on EmpireRightsBack.com. So why don't you let everybody know what you have in store?
2: Thank you, Scott. Well, we're starting to talk about what's going to happen with, with Bowles and what may or may not happen with like the McKay. We've got looks ahead to the Giants and what they're going to do in the offseason. A lot of Yankees talk. We're uh, starting to get back into the Mets talk. We've got hockey talk. We're looking doing a lot of Knicks these days. Just about everything you could ask for. Come on over and see it.
6: Absolutely. As you know, John is a huge fan of that site. He visits regularly. It's his slice of home down in the DFW area. I'm going to have to try and find a way to get him some New York pizza to add to that slice of home. But for now... Alan's website, Empire Rights Back, is where John goes besides TurnOnTheJets.com to find out everything he wants to know about New York sports. So if you're not visiting it, go ahead and start visiting it now at EmpireWritesBack.com. Thanks again to John Schmidt for joining us over the last 10 weeks. What an incredible series. Can't even begin to tell you how excited I am for our next series with one of the biggest legends in Jets history. Aren't you excited, Bart Scott? Can't wait! Bart, you've been crushing it all football season. I doubted you when it wasn't football season because you did so poorly, but you have been so good during football season. Maybe you should get a job at NFL Network or something because I feel like things aren't going to go so well for you as soon as football's over. We'll see. Maybe you learned on the job. But I'm not holding my breath. That's going to do it for us this week. My name is Scott Mason. In for Big John this week is the one and only Alan Schechter of Empirerightsback.com. Make sure to visit the site, and let's hope that he's got some good baseball material to write about soon. Kind of hoping that Bryce Harper or Manny Machado signs with the Yankees. Not sure what's going on there yet, but I have a feeling Cashman's laying in the weeds. Maybe he pulls off something big. So hopefully Allen's got something good to report over at Empire Rights back soon about the Yankees snagging one of the top free agents on the market. In the meantime, Allen, thanks for filling in for John this week. But you know there's only one way that we can end this show.
2: That's right, sir. I want to thank you for having me on this week, John. Sorry I couldn't get to you with the soup. I really wanted to, and I hope you feel better soon. I don't hear from you. Fly safe. Brick, where are you at?
0: Break it down, sir. One, two, three. In the home of the <laughs>
3: No purchase necessary void were prohibited by law eighteen plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.